Fresher Than Your Father podcast. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to get more excited, but there's a kid sleeping in the other room. I don't know. It sounded like you, uh, you tweaked the levels there. You, um, did I go into the red? I think you went into the red. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Shout out everybody who knows about the red. <laughs> I feel like our three listeners know about the red. Yeah, they know. They know. No. You know what I mean? This is episode 41. Wow. So like if we were a person, we'd be like almost old. <laughs> uh, shout out to everyone who's 41. Yeah, shout out. Boom. It didn't sound like a very powerful number to me. Not very. Not very. There's other numbers that are more powerful. For example, 40, 45, or 72. 72 is a powerful number. 72 is like, I don't know. We can't go into 72 because that would just deviate our whole, that's how powerful it is. It would just throw everything off. So we'll just accept that that's the, the case. 72, powerful number. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. It's a, it's beautiful weather here in New York City. Yeah, it's it's it, you know these uh, East Coasters they talk this game like the weather is bad out here. No, no, no. It's it's actually quite temperate for it to be late October. Yeah, yeah. It's quite it's quite uh, comfortable down here in Philadelphia. Comfy, comfy is the word. Yeah, man. Like you know, a little fleece in the morning. T-shirt in the afternoon. Or doing all right out on these streets. Yeah, man, jeans and a hoodie, man. What what more can you ask for? No, nothing. Well, you know, a cookie or a fresh donut. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, the jeans, the hoodie, and then walking down the street with a fresh donut and a cup of hot beast. That's good living. That's real good living, man. I, I, the other day, I was driving down Lancaster Avenue in uh, Philadelphia, and I passed a hood donut spot, and I didn't have the time to stop, but I'm so fired up to check this spot out. Man. Word. Hood donuts. Hood donuts. I don't think, I know there's a spot in Cleveland that Madheads know about, they're fired up about. I honestly don't know the spot, but it's a hood donut spot. I'm fired up about the hood donut spots. Your experience, hood donut spots, thumbs up, thumbs down, or too mixed to call? It's too mixed to call, man. It's too mixed to call. Yeah. Yeah. I was basically asking you to make a biased statement, right? I was asking you to lump all hood donut spots. (laughs) (laughs) You you cut out right after lump all donut spots. So let's say that again. I even say... Oh, I was trying to ask you. See, I basically did there, Ian. I was trying to to just, I don't know what I said. <laughs> All right. We're uh, back. We're back. We haven't discussed, as usual, why we're back, how we're back, but we are back. We are back. You know, there was a, there was, um, a pause in the programming, and we haven't gone away. We're still here. Still here. There's always a pause because I'm involved. But at some point, you know, we we strive towards consistency. But that's our problem. 
your game is the podcast right here that you're enjoying now. Yeah, exactly. You're listening. You're enjoying. Just sit back. Relax. You know, get a straw out the drawer and sip on uh, whatever you're going to sip on. Uh, you do keep straws in drawers. This is true. I mean, where else are you going to keep them? Because most people in their crib just don't have those dispensers or those, you know what I mean? It would be, be pretty fly to just have the straw dispenser. It would be kind of sweet. But how do you get the straws out of the paper? Right? Like, like I, I don't know. It's probably not okay. Unless it just comes with the paper on it, that's okay. But then it won't roll out when you push the lever. It's true. I feel, I feel like they just come with the paper, though, sometimes. But then you aren't, it's not, it's not as smooth. I'm not sure if I'm going to go any deeper on these, these straw dispensers. Uh, I was going to stop us a second ago. <laughs> Word. So we're back and we have topics to discuss. You know what I mean? We're talking about serious, important things as usual. Life changing things. Yeah. Like humongous, like, I mean, it's an important time in the country. You know, a lot of people are, are involved in these serious discussions, the direction of the nation. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, what do you call it? It's a, a pivot point. Pivotal. Pivotal. There you go. Well said. So we're just going to jump right to the question, right? It's, it's late October, almost November. This is exactly where everyone's mind should be for the benefit of the nation. Can Dwight Howard's back hold up for the entire season so the Lakers can really be a challenger for the title? You know, I I don't want to wish bad health upon anyone. No. No. But I'm hoping it's a slow recovery. Yeah. For for his long-term well-being. Exactly. And if the Lakers so happen to lose as a result, then hey, you know, these things happen. Then hey. That's right. I, I really want to. I always, I always, you know, thought there was a there's a parallel between the Lakers and the Yankees. Oh yeah. And I'm hoping that that parallel really, you know, those lines run straight next to each other, similar hey. fashion. Hey, like I know, I know the sports media has some mandate, but yo, fuck the Yankees. I don't want to hear any more about them. Done. Good night. Done. Goodbye. You 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 fucked up and you lost. Worst batting percentage, I believe. Uh, where, 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 what is it? Yeah, worst. Yeah. Trash talk. Trash. Trash. Yeah. Oh, let me ask you this question. I know you've been busy. You've been traveling. You've been exploring the world. I have been contemplating having things and finding records. But I want to ask you, what's up with these Blazers? Lillard. He he he's done some athletic things around the basket. He has, man. He's here. He's there. He's over, over on the other side, doing things, doing things. Exciting young point guard. I'm excited. I mean, look, it's going to be a new season, brand new season. Last season, I'm trying to forget about. I'm trying to forget it actually happened. Right. Right. I, I, if I had one of those special mind control devices to wipe that from my brain, 
I would do that. Indeed. And so here we are, Lillard, the rookie, yep. leading the team into new dimensions of uh, success and fortune. It's kind of amazing that they've just basically said, hey, dude, uh, it's yours. Like, yeah, I mean, they still talk about LaMarcus being, like, the leader, but still. But really, I feel like, yeah, it's on. It's mostly on his back. Yeah, they're basically saying we need you to be the complimentary player. It's one of the best power forwards in the game. Well, the best players in the game. Yep. Is is LaMarcus top ten? I want to call him top ten. Would you be your top ten players in the league? I feel like he might be able to crack the top ten. It's, it's hard. Are we going to list the top ten? Intense time in the league. Well, all right, off the top of our head, but let's promise not to go too far in on this. No. you got to go Bron Durant. Yep. Um, Dwight Howard. Yep. I want to call him Douche Howard, but Dwight Howard. Chris Paul. Yep. Um, Russell Westbrook. He's floating a little bit. I don't know about Westbrook. What about Duran? Williams, Darren Williams. I give no? him. I give him that. Yeah. yeah. What about what about uh, Rose? Definitely Derek Rose. That's where it, where it's six now. It's six. Who else is good out here in these streets? I, you know, I enjoy Rajon Rondo a lot. He is quite good. Quite good. Dirk. Dirk. We're at eight now. Are we gonna give? Are we gonna put love in there? Ooh. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. You know, one way that I feel like he'd crack the top fifteen for sure. But yeah, I just. I don't know anybody who's as beastly on the boards. Yeah. Like kind of rugged in the paint, although not necessarily defensively, and then can pop threes. Yeah. He's he's kind of ridiculous. Um. Are we gonna do Kobe top ten? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't either. So can we slide LaMarcus in there? Uh, I think so. We I, left- don't, I don't know. We're leaving, I feel like we're leaving a few cats out. Wade? Yeah, he we- top 10? I don't know, man, with the injuries. Yeah. Carmelo, I, I, don't, I don't see enough consistent winning to justify that. Yeah. Um, you know who we left out? Who we leave out? Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut. Only the five people that enjoy basketball listening to this podcast, excuse me, one person, understood that was a joke. That was humorous. I thought you were going to come with uh, with what's-his-name on Chicago. Who's that? Is he still in Chicago? Um, Now I'm forgetting his name. That didn't work. Omar? Omar. Asic. Asic. Yeah, he's he's in Houston now. He's in Houston doing big things. Okay. I think he's in Houston. He's somewhere down south. Blake Griffin does not make the top ten. I just wanted to state that. Does not. Are we out of people? Does not. Yeah, I, you know, I think we've done a good job because we haven't just been throwing every name. Like, we didn't just go team by team and pick their top guy and say they deserve in the top ten. Because that's not, that's not the it's way. Not, yeah, it's not going to work. It's not the game that we some, play. Some of these teams suck. They do. They do. And some of these cats are good, but they're not that good. I love 
Kyrie Irving for the Cavs. He's not quite that good yet. I think he's gonna he's gonna he's he's on his way. He's on his way. If all goes well. If all goes well. But he's not there yet. John so, John yeah. No. Yeah. No. And then you got people like Chris Bosch. Nah. 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 Mm mm. Turkaloo. I just wanted to say his name. So I'm glad you tossed him in there. Yeah, it's just shoddy miles. You just sprinkle them in. Shout out these Turkish, these Turkish legends. That dude's got to be a legend in Turkey, right? Legendary. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's been in the league. Is he still in the league? He's been in the league for for a fucking minute. Yeah. Won a, won a title. This is a good. I like this. This is a good way to do this NBA preview. What do you think about uh, uh, your boy uh, Rashid coming back? I think it's fantastic. If only because it means more Rashi Wallace highlights. Exactly. I just I want to hear him talk more. I want to watch him more. I want to hear more people talk about him. And then it makes me it helps me feel less old. <laughs> Rashi Wallace <laughs> Kevin Garnett's still playing. It's true. Yeah. Tim Duncan. They're playing. Jason Kidd's in the league. Jason Kidd, man. Jason Kidd to Wallace. Certain New York fans are out here right now just hype Kidd to Wallace like it was 2002. Yo, that that can't be. (laughs) Why? Because the alternative is, uh, oh, I don't even know who's your real point guard. Is it Felton? Raymond Felton? Felton's back. He's back. We We tossed him out of Portland finally, and he's back in New York. Yeah. So the alternative to kid to Wallace is Felton the Chandler. That that doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah. Yeah. Chandler, man. Sotomayor for the short J. He doesn't dunk anymore. For short J. Short jumper. <laughs> That's see? That doesn't do anything for you. No, no, the Knicks are so bad. You know, I I know a number of Knicks fans who just shake their heads and they're like, I guess I'm rooting for Brooklyn now. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to take a sip of this uh, green apple spritzer. Whoa, it's getting it's getting high class at the McCullough household. High class is the way to put it. Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> at the risk of uh, perpetuating gender stereotypes kind of a sissy drink but I'm drinking it the green apple spritzer I can't believe I admitted that in public yeah yeah and I would I would want to rent fruit from Brooklyn too because New York is headed for years of solid mediocrity yeah I think another decade yeah yeah guaranteed spot in the playoffs guaranteed not to compete for a title so let's uh LaMarcus, I feel like, didn't quite crack the top ten, but he's up there. But let's move over to these Cavs. I want to hear what's, what's the give – give us the 45-second the rundown. I am completely torn because I'm not sure if I'm ready to root for them to compete for a playoff spot or if I feel like they need to bottom out. And I have an unhealthy obsession with the players they passed over to draft the dudes they drafted. So I, I'm obs- – with Harrison Barnes, I'm obsessed with uh, Valencia Eunice, who they took 
who they passed on last year. Um, because I'm unsure about Tristan Thompson and Deion Waiters, but mm-hmm. we'll see how they develop. Kyrie Irving is fantastic. Um, they, they got a ton of draft picks still, and they could trade Verizal. Verizal's an asset. So, you know, I mean, could you imagine if they managed, I don't know who they would trade, but like if they managed to make a trade, say the Heat, right? They wouldn't do that, but like if somehow Verizal ended up on the Heat, how monstrous they would be. Yeah. Right. Right. Like a defensive ace, solid, professional center. They'd be monstrous. So somebody could use Verizal, and if we could get the asset or two. So yeah, it's um, it's a weird year. More transition, but see. It's not not to bring up old wounds, but like you had expectations for the Blazers last year, things didn't go well. It was tough. Yeah. Um, no expectations for the Cavs, and uh, so if they were to win some games, that'd be cool. If they didn't win some games, that would be cool too. That's the rundown. That's, thank you for that rundown. Sorry, I got something caught in my throat. Oh, it's all good. But uh, man, yeah, it's over here eating these uh. Hot peppers and fake chicken wings. <clears throat> it's a slow start to today's show, but just know we're moving. We're grinding. Things are happening Sunday evening. You know what I mean? Um, the listeners, we're doing it. it may not be. Type. Before I, I crunch into this hoisting roll. Yeah. Um,. I was going to say something about these basketballs. Yeah, I was being a jerk, and I, I threw our, our whole train of thought out. No, I, I, well, I was going to take the blame, but, hey, you know. Wait, you can't just casually toss out of hoist and rolls knowing, knowing cats in Philadelphia haven't eaten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Just bait us with these hoisins. Hoisins, man. Talking about these hoisins. These wonton soups. That's phenomenal eats. New York. New York got food. So I wanted, this is what I wanted to just tie up the, the, the conversation here on these, these, uh, basketballs, these courts, you know what I mean? These arenas. Awesome. I feel like it's, it's time to, uh, it's time to make some predictions. Yes. Let's, let's start with who's coming out. The West. I am assuming that Dwight Howard will be healthy. Um, I'm hoping that overall positive karma with Steve Nash override my negative feelings about this, but I do think the Lakers come out of the West. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers match up against the... uh, the thunder. Yeah. You you're it's tough. Thunder versus Lakers. It is. But I uh I wanna say I'm gonna go Thunder, just to keep it interesting. I'll I'll tell you I I, I never saw game four of the NBA finals, so I bought it um so I could watch it on the computer. So 
I downloaded the game four of the NBA Finals because apparently LeBron had this amazing game, but the most striking athlete on the whole court was Russell Westbrook. Were making and taking all these insane, ridiculous jumpers, drives to the holes. Nobody wanted it more to the hole. It's just well, there's just one hole. There's two holes. Two, but you're only going to drive for one. Yeah. Other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, the point is Russell Westbrook is quite good, and I don't think the Lakers have an answer for him at all. So I, that's I, true. That's true. I see your point. In the East, who do you have? It's hard to believe. I'm I'm, I'm a little worried about not worried, but well worried because I want him to be healthy about Rose coming back. I don't know if he's going to be 100. Yeah. percent Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Heat, man. Boring boring pick. I lean Heat. To be frank, I kind of want to see the Heat win. Um. You know, LeBron's already got one, so it'd be kind of fun to see him rack up a few. That said, I got a sneaky feeling about Boston. Word. I just think they're so deep. And if Garnett is healthy at the end of the year, he's so much better than Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. Bosh is dope. That and then, you know, they just, if that kid Avery Bradley comes back healthy, then they're stacked on the wing and they got people who could defend Wade. And it would take LeBron being Hercules to pull it off. Yeah. You know, but, but see, all right, I'm going to deviate a little bit, but there's all these Jordan comparisons, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm reading the Dream Team book by Jack, Jack McMullen, Jack, Jack, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Play a whole chapter on the greatest game ever played, right? The scrimmage. Mm-hmm. It's the, but the Dream Team. And basically, the narrative is it was Magic versus Jordan. Yeah. The leading teams. At the end of the chapter, there was a box score. NBA nerd that I am, I sat there and read the box score. It was kind of stunning how much better than everyone else Jordan played. Like, unbelievable. So on a team of the greatest players in the NBA at that time, all Hall of Famers with the exception of Christian Leitner, who was probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, college basketball player of all time, right? No question, Jordan was dominant. So LeBron will have to be that level of dominant relative to every other player in the league in order to win the title again this year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So you, who are you calling for the East? Uh, I'm going to call Boston. But my head says Boston, my heart says Miami. I, I want to see. And if LeBron is who he, he, who we expect him to be or who we hope he has become, based on what we saw in the playoffs last year and in the Olympics, then they can beat the ball. They can beat the Celtics, but I got a feeling Celtics a little deep and they're going to make one last run. So you have heat versus thunder. And the fight. Yeah. Again, again, who, who do you see winning it? 
I'm just going, I'm going back. I mean, it's boring as hell, but I'm just going to, you know, and I, and I want the Heat to win, to be honest. But I think the Heat will, will, ta- will take it again. Yeah. Well, nothing's more lame and predictable than another Lakers-Celtics finals, which is what I've just picked. But uh, I, I think uh, I, I really want Nash to win one. I do, too. For Nash. So my disdain for Kobe, well, not necessarily disdain. I actually respect Kobe, but. By disdain for the Lakers, um, notwithstanding, I, I, it will be really whack to have to hear once Kobe reaches six titles. Okay, now we'll compare. Yeah. No. 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 There was never, ever a Bulls team on which Jordan was not the best player. Exactly. Never. Apologize to your grandmother and stop it. This fucking sports media, man. It's ridiculous. It's gotten horrible. Yeah. Embarrassing. Did I make my pick? I forget. Yeah, I called Miami. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a high energy level going on right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually drank a lot of coffee today. But then I also walked hella far. And um, I had... The homie in town for the weekend. We went and checked the sights out, you know what I mean? So, like, and uh, coming off the jet lag from the trip to L.A. So, uh all over the place. So we can go different directions. We could keep it, you know, solemn and critical, slow moving. I, 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 I you, you brought something up before we came on that I do want to touch on. All right. I'm going to discuss uh, the good friend... The homie, Walita. Shout out. Shout out. Did I pronounce that right, Imarisha? Imarisha. So, Ian, break down what the homie Walita is up to. All right. The homie Walita, shout out. Shout out. Up to a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Always up doing something new, next level, things you haven't thought about, things you might think about, and, you know, 15 years out, you know what I mean? She's already done it. She's already there. Got it done. You know, analysis, visions, speaking tours. Mm -hmm. She's in South Africa. She's in Portland. She's in the Bay. She's in the secret location. You know what I mean? She's all over the place. So shout out. Right now she's teaching various uh, college-level courses. You know what I mean? Some for heads on, on other coasts, other places. Some right there, Portland, Oregon, the Rose City, City of Thorns. <laughs> and uh, I got that reminds me of something I got to talk about. Can I can we divert for for two minutes? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm gonna come back. No, I gotta go there because I just went there. We're gonna go here real fast. I'm just gonna tell you this: you can't have a fucking freshly even father podcast without. Talking about these fucking hipsters, man. Yet again. I'm in LA. I'm at this fucking conference. It's mad like good people are. I'm mad like law students, lawyers, legal workers, activists, all kinds of cool people gathered in LA. One of them happens to be this law, this law student who is at law school in Portland. A lot of these vegan hipster types are, you know, they've, they've assumed Portland as the Mecca. As the place. Right. Right? 
I'm sitting at a table with the homie, couple homies. One of them knows this, this law student, invites him to sit down. And they, get, they start building on these vegan things. Where to get the vegan food in L.A., in Portland, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, you go to school in Portland. I said, so are you from Portland? And he looks at me with this look of kind of disdain. And he says, no one in Portland's from Portland. Wow. It's kind of heavy. Yeah. So I just, I just wanted to shout that out and say, fuck hipsters. Fuck hipsters. No, no knowledge that you are from Portland. No. Right? So just probably assuming that you know nothing of Portland, young man. Let me learn you on what Portland is. Exactly. Hipsters. Hipsters, man. Hipsters. So, I, was, I, I just want to make sure. I, I thought that was kind of a dick comment, but, you know. Right. Yeah. So, that being said. That being said. While she was not born in Portland, Walid is way more Portland than these hipsters. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Original styles. So she's out out there teaching these classes, especially this one on like the history and politics within hip hop. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just want to shout her out. Another dope class. She's taught a lot of dope classes on science fiction, on you know, uh, black revolutionaries, on the prison industrial complex. Lots of dope shit that I wish like I I would live back there. I would take these classes. Yeah, I would learn things. Knowledge would be born. Yeah. In fact, I would say that during these classes, I mean, what kind of, what kind of description can we give for the amount of knowledge that's born? Oh my gosh. It would be like, uh, it's like, it's baby boom of knowledge being born. Exactly. It's like a fundamental shift in the population of the nation. The not the, the level of knowledge, like basically if the whole nation could take Wu's class, the knowledge level would leap forward in a way that would shift the whole nation. I think she has to limit the class, like the the the, the time of the class might be even limited because if you went for a full class period, right, so much knowledge would be born that cats would just start falling out. Like their brains couldn't couldn't yeah. metabolize all of that knowledge. Just slumping over in chairs. Wu doesn't want that. No. She wants attentive students. Ready to learn. Ready to be ready to have the uh a healthy, manageable amount of knowledge be born. Exactly. Right. Soak in that knowledge. As though a sponge. A large one. So look, she's divided these these classes these weeks, and you know, into like the pieces, various pieces of hip hop history, hip hop theory, these kinds of things, right? And each week, students get broken off with pieces of knowledge in musical form. Hmm. So each week, assigned various things to listen to. To take back and marinate on, percolate. Right. So I feel like what, I feel like 
we 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 should discuss these things. We should um we should build on on what would what would if if we were to you know talk about certain tracks that would build a foundation on certain hip hop ideas without getting too cliche. Right. Right. And I know you have experience doing this already. A little bit. But in fairness to Walido, we should say, number one, this is merely to use what I, I'm, I fully trust is an awesome list as a, as a sound, as a place to start our own discussion, right? No, this is not a critique. This is us being excited. Thrilled. Thrilled. And, and nerding the fuck out. Also, this is an extended invitation to Walida to come on the podcast and defend her choices if I deem them unworthy. <laughs> but, but I think a lot of this is totally subjective. Like, I bet, and I'm not, I, I'm, I am going to put words in Walida's mouth, but I would expect Walida would suggest there are probably several other lists that would be just as valid, but her list is better. So when we're talking foundation, names that pop into my head are like Grandmaster Flash, Word, and the Furious Five. Yep. Message. Yep. The message would fit in there, definitely. I'm also thinking Cold Crush Brothers. Cold Crush Brothers? What cut? See, this is tough. I don't, I don't, I, I wish I knew their cuts better. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, uh, but I would, I would think of anything that they did on the wild style. I mean, on the yeah, the wild style soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then there do exist out here on the internet some of their legendary battles. Um, so maybe one of the old school battle joints with the uh, who did they used to battle with? Funky Four Plus One. Who did they used Which, to battle? I think might be Funky Four Plus One. Treacherous Three. Yeah. Um. Who else would I put in there? You gotta get some Bambada. You gotta get some Bambada. I will, I will definitely go with Planet Rock. Let's see. That's just three, right? And what are we talking, what about like the, the kind of early disco rap shit? Sylvia? Yeah. Oh, I would, I would totally do, I would totally do Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight. Not as an exemplar of great, but as an important track to talk about authenticity and integrity, right? Word. Um, so that's probably where I would go with it. Somewhere in the, in those ranges, in that those those vibes. Yeah, which is similar to what you know, great minds think. Great minds think about these things in similar similar down similar paths. You know what I mean? It's too obscure to go like Fatback Band, right? You could. You could. It depends. And see, and this is what's so fresh about the course. I would just encourage cats to, to reach out to Walida E. Marisha, man. I bet she'd be down to build. In the context of a political history, 
what what pieces stand out, right? Like if I was just going straight musical history, maybe Fatback Band would be word. You know. No, I, I agree. I agree. Yep. But when you start, you know, because like there's other Grandmaster Flash joints you could run, but the message from a political standpoint, you really can't get better than that. Yep. Yep. It's a critical statement. Planet Rock. That's an incredible. That's a critical statement. You know what I mean? Particularly for the global foundations of the culture. You know, and then also uh, for the birth of uh, booty shake music, Planet Rock. Planet Rock. Party people. Yep. Planet Rock is kind of the basis. I mean, that's kind of the basis of like a lot of the fucking the club music today. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bam, Bam is so serious. Bam, Bam is like he's he's pulling on this kraut rock German stuff. He's yep. pulling you know, he's pulling on African sounds. He's pulling on all these sounds, blending them up. And some old Bronx shit, throwing it at you. Here's your planet rock. Man, listen. <laughs> Hip-hop is fresh, though. Hip-hop is fresh. It's, is it possibly one of the most influential records in the last 50 years, easy, or ever? What a great question. I've never thought about this. Probably, yeah. It and Tour de France? Yeah. Like, as far as, like, how music has evolved and, like, especially dance music and shit. But not, not just dance music in the sense of, like, a narrow dance, but, like, like pop music. And anyway, I'm going off. Yeah, but I think the whole sound, and I, 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 I it was actually Andre 3000 who pulled my coat to this in one of the tracks. You know, the Bambata sound is kind of the, the foundation of that southern hip-hop sound. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of a... Like in terms of the sound of the music, it was kind of a blip in the New York West Coast thing, and it, it pops up here and there. But down south, they just they hopped on that and rode. That was their foundation. Cats up in New York cutting up breaks down there. They down there with eight oh eights. Yep. 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 It's major. It is major, man. It's beautiful too. It's really beautiful that Bam did what he did, and then people. Yeah, I really I'm gonna think about that. One of the most influential records in the last what did you say, fifty years? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, especially as club culture becomes so big. You know, the wife and I were riding to the dog park listening to the radio, Usher basically singing right club tracks. Club tracks. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean I feel like pop music in the last decade has been a lot of it's been based around club tracks. Lady Gaga and you know, um, so much of it's around like club music. Man, it's fun stuff. So where would you go next? Because some of these, you know, some of um the homies classes classes don't necessarily have titles. Where are you going? Where are you going next? This is tough. Uh, I would definitely want to hit her rocket um, and Grand Mixer DXT. Shout out. Yeah, these are, these are we're talking about foundational DJ records. Yep. Yep. What uh, about uh, Adventure in the Wheels of Steel? Oh, yep. Got to do that. But then, you know, I think it's interesting in the history of hip-hop how the MC went from being arguably pretty marked to shifting into the focus, right? Yep. And who were the, the people in the records that were 
important to that, right? Like, because there are people that that aren't really well known, like Spoonie G. Yep. Um. Oh, who am I thinking of? Special K. Special K. Yeah, I mean, with Special K Treasures Three, I forget. Yeah, but yeah, I was going to get to to Cool Mode D. Yeah. Um. This, I, I'm a little shaky as an MC. I should be better on this. Cause I feel like there's a period pre, um, pre, the name just popped in my head. Um, they were on Cold Chillin'. Were they on Cold Chillin'? Um, it's, it's late. Molly Mall's crew. What was the name of the crew? Juice Crew. Juice Crew. Yeah. I think the, 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 the first, well, not the first time, but the, when the MCs took center stage, I thought, tell me what you think, the big run DMC, boom. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But we're, like, yeah. So, it, for example, like, we're, 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 we're run and D out there in clubs like that. I don't know the story around DMC. I'm embarrassed to say. I don't really know it either, but I just feel like a lot of these other groups, are really more based around the DJ. Yeah, you're right. You know, Flash and, and the Furious Five, like so much of that, his Bambada and like, or they were just like crews that were kind of like back and forth, saying little rhymes back and forth or whatever. Like, while you might, you know, I I can't name everyone in the um the Funky Four plus one. Yeah. You yeah. know, but once you get to DMC, run DMC, you know. It was a trio, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, Jam Master J, R.I.P., but like, like, Run and, and, and DMC are in the foreground. Boom. The name is just them. Yeah. Or it was Master Flash and Boom. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, that's real. That's real. Yeah. But there's, there, but then there's a lot of, of MCs that were out front as MCs. But didn't get the shine or didn't get, but I do think you're right that culturally Run DMC was a big pivot point. Um, but as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I don't, I don't know how cats within hip hop consider Run DMC. I mean, everybody knows they're legends and nobody would ever diss them up front. I don't think, but I think those early Run DMC records are just, I mean, they were just hard. In your face records, you yeah. Know what I mean, like they kind of, they kind of, I, they didn't fizzle or anything, but they kind of like you know, s- their style was for a certain period and at a certain point they they kind of got pushed to the background. But, right. um, and you know, um, and so I feel like these days, you know, more more heads know Russell Simmons than know Run DMC, but, but. That was, you know, those early cuts were, were massive. Huge. You know. They were huge. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm already seeing how this conversation could last about five hours. Easy. And so I, I feel like the best way to move forward here is to make sure that the professor herself joins us. We we have to make that happen on a follow up podcast. Make that happen, just yeah. So 
Listeners, three of you, shout out. Shout out. Um, just, you know, it's foreshadowing. It is. It is. Not, not to cut, not to cut you off or cut us off, but I just want to throw that out there. Uh, and, and speaking of listeners, I want to shout out Dawood, who's been, uh, exchanging these musics. Word. Ensuring that people get to celebrate in the sounds of the hip hop and the music. And, uh, he put up one of my favorite records ever that, that I haven't had in quite some time and I loved. And that's a Real to Real by Grand Pooba. Classic. How overrated is Pooba as an MC? I remember a period feeling like Pooba was in the discussion for the greatest MC, and now nobody talks about it. You said overrated, or do you mean underrated? Yeah, underrated. I don't think we give Pooba his props for being as raw as he was. And he made those beats, didn't he? He made a lot of those beats. Yeah, he was he was dope. Pooba. He was crazy. Pooba. Grand Pooba Maxwell. I was just reading in that one book, um, I'm gonna forget the title now, where the, uh, where cats talk about, like, it's just, it's the, the actual artist talking about the history of an album themselves. And it's really, um, Puba basically is saying, as far as Brand Nubian, like, it was dope, dope project, he did it, but like halfway through the album being done, he was already working on his solo shit. Wow. Like, he wouldn't come out and straight up say it, but it was like, I'm by far the best MC in the group. I need to get my own career right. moving past this. Wow. Much, you know, much respect to Sadat X. Oh, yeah. And, you know, of course, uh, Lord Jamar. Yes. Is it Jamar or Jamal? Ooh, I think it's Jamar. All right. It's a little, it's a little, a little edgy right there. It's evening. It's evening. It's late in the evening. I haven't eaten yet. But, you know, last, I think last time, do we, for our lyrical renaissance? Last time lyrical renaissance was, um, yeah, Sadat. Sadat. So, uh, if you're ready, I'd like to bring us to this week's lyrical renaissance. Yeah, let's, 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 let's go here. I want to, I want to take us down south. Ian. Well, how far south? We're talking Texas. Word. Houston, Texas. Now, I don't know that the Ghetto Boys and Associated fam were big everywhere. I don't think they were because I remember going to college, building on tracks like the one I'm going to build on today, and people being like, what, what in God's name are you talking about? Now, you went to college. Yes. On the, would it be considered the East Coast? I did, yeah, on the East Coast in Virginia. But it yeah. was kind of in the middle. It was a lot of D.C. folks, a lot of New York, New Jersey heads. And cats weren't really up on the Ghetto Boys. Ghetto Boys were definitely big on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So West Coast, North Coast. But New York didn't really give a fuck. Didn't really. Like, for example, Willie D's classic, Ballhead Ho. I imagine out West, you can this. No, it's a terrible, it's a misogynist song, but it's funny. Uh, as young men with no sensitivity about women and uh, listening to a lot of this, this ridiculous hip-hop. So anyway, I'm going to read uh, a, a short verse from a song, uh, uh, a posse cut 
Posse cuts used to happen all the time. Posse cuts were so big in the 90s. Massive. This is an eight-minute long posse cut. <laughs> we, need to, we need to talk a little more about posse cuts after this. Okay, go for it. Yeah, it's titled Bring It On. Are you familiar with this track? To be honest, I can't remember this track. I remember this track. I will be honest with you. The only thing I remember about this track is this verse. And the only thing I remember about this verse are two lines. Two lines. But these lines were just so indelible. Particularly the ending, which I'll go in more. So this this MC amongst the crew, the Ghetto Boys crew, shout out to the, all the Ghetto Boys, Scarface, Willie B, Bushwick Bill. It's got a longer name, but out of respect for all of us, I'm not going into it. And this cat, Gangsta Nip. You recall Gangsta Nip? Yes. Nip had his own records. A fine career, I imagine. Uh, but this particular verse stood out. And I think it actually comes right after a young uh, Devin the Dude. As I was listening to it earlier. Wow. So, uh, and I will, there's not many inbox. So, you just you just cut out. Oh, okay. There's there's a there's a few n bombs in here, and I will keep the one n bomb in. I think it's just one. So we'll try to get through without me cutting out. Here we go, gangsta nip. You ready? Ready. A weed smoking motherfucker. Plus I kick doobies. I'm the one that told that nigga to go insane in that lubies. Gangsta nip is fucking your daughter, G. I wake up every morning screaming, somebody slaughter me. Step in my path, your ass is void. Because I'm an aerodynamic, satanic, schizophrenic android. Yes. Your mind ain't deep enough. Claws can't creep enough. Dead bodies complaining we too loud. They can't sleep enough. Attempted murder. I didn't mean to hurt her. I hadn't ate in two years. I just wanted a cheeseburger. <laughs> a bulletproof vest won't protect your chest. A body is hard to digest. Once I flex, count the next. The hardest I won, the recreation of Malcolm X. So bring it on. I'm ready to slaughter. Sitting in church, drinking a 40 holy water gangster nip let me tell you as a 17 year old youngster that's line sitting in church drinking a whole 40 of holy water was the hardest line i'd ever heard in my life that's that's a great it's 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 a powerful you know verse ending yes and and listening to the track a little bit here he stands out he stands out. Like, if you were just casually listening to this track, you would stop what you were doing for this dude. And I was ready for that. I just wanted the cheeseburger line. <laughs> Possibly my favorite line. Oh, yeah. But it's it's mad horrorcore of people who remember the grave diggers and they came up with horrorcore. No, no. Gangsta Nip explained to us that he was an aerodynamic, satanic, schizophrenic android. Yeah. What's Gangsta Nip doing now? 
I'm I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to find out. Yeah, let's look into the current. Right. Currently, exactly. Well, hold on. Here we go. Rowdy Williams, gangster, nip. It's a member of the South Park Coalition. She joined in 1987. What is Sorry. that? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this. In 1992, he released his debut album, South Park Psycho. This record also helped put the South Park Coalition name on the map due to worldwide distribution from Rap-A-Lot. He also wrote the Ghetto Boys hit, Chucky. I feel like that's going to be a, another um, rated triple X type rap as well. Oh, yeah. NIP stands for Nation of Islam is Powerful. Really? He's also part of the Nation of Islam. I did not know. Williams is also looked at as one of the godfathers of horrorcore. Nice. Gangsta Nip's first album, The South Park Cycle, was released in 92. It had no single to promote the album and charted at number 63 on top R&B and hip-hop albums. It sold almost 100,000 copies in the area and landed him a deal with Priority Records. Can you imagine a record today called The South Park Cycle? Selling 100,000 copies? No. Cats were hustling back then. Oh, my gosh. His second solo album charted on the Billboard chart at number 151 and number 30 on top of hip-hop and R&B, number 5, top heat seekers. His style of rap was a hardcore gangster rap with gory explanation called horrorcore. Gangsta Nip also made a comeback, Still Psycho, in 2008. His new album is out now called Psych swag to horror movie. He 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 brought swag into the discussion, eh? He, he did. That was in 2010, and in 2012, he released another one called Still Getting It In. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that, but I love the phrase getting it in. Let's, let's run it down. In 92, The South Park Psycho. Then, Psychic Thoughts. It's a little more scientist with that one. A little more supernatural. Oh, yeah. 96, he came with Psychotic Genius. 98, Interview with a Killer. Mm. 99, Psycho Thug. He was prolific. Yeah. 2003, The Return of the Psychopath. 2008, Still Psycho. 2010, Psych Swag, the horror movie. 2012, Still getting it in. Wow. Wow. Listeners, you just learned just a real nugget right there of knowledge. There's so much going on right now. So much knowledge getting born, being born. And let, let, let's just touch on these, these posse cuts, right? Yep. I just love the posse cuts bring in, because I'm looking right now on the guest appearances that this dude, Gangsta Nip, has done for other cats, right? You got the Ghetto Boys on the song you just mentioned. You got Bushwick Bill. Then you got these obscure cats, K Rhino. And Murder One. Murder One. You know, in 2003, he guested on Murder One for the Haters Part One from the album Rhythm for Thugs. Wow. And so... I say this only to say that it's like, kind of like a, an obscure family tree, how these posse cuts, 
they bring in certain cats. You might not have heard about it if you're just listening, if you're just going to Fred Meyers, you're just going to Kmart and buying these tapes, buying these CDs. You, you, you hear about cats on the posse cut, and then you go, you might have to go to the mom and pop shop, search them down, boom, you checked it. Gangsta Nip, Psychotic Genius. Oh, yeah. And on Psychotic Genius, you might have his boys on there. Getting yep. it in. Yep. Yep. That's true. I never thought about it that way, but it is an extended family. Like, let's say you were in the Trap Call Quest, but weren't really messing with leaders of the new school. Yep. Push you to a new star. There you have it. Yeah. However, there were several posse cuts on, say, the, uh, oh, of course, I'm, the Junior Mafia album. I never bought the Junior Mafia album. I'm gonna be honest. But suffice it to say, you uh, you wouldn't have found such high level uh, guests there. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But probably. sometimes, sometimes you would find some kind of high level guest, some super nerdy cat, especially back in the days of lyrical, you know. Oh yeah. Um, lyrical. Uh, what's the word? Complexity. Yeah. It's lyrical gymnastics. Gymnastics. And you were like, who the fuck is that dude? Who is that dude? Sometimes they branch off, do dope work. Sometimes they branch off, do whack work. Yep. Sometimes they just showed up in the studio that day, went back to doing whatever it is they did. You know what I, who I like? Just get real obscure here. The first Method Man album, To Cal. Yeah. He had this cat, Carlton Fisk, on two tracks. Oh, word. That cat was dope. Oh, word. I haven't even listened to that in a minute. Yeah, I haven't listened to that in a minute either. I was just the other day thinking about how to do Street Life was nice. Street Life. But he was the second dude. Yeah. He was the first dude. He was the second dude. Carlton Fisk. Wow. Yeah, man. These things, these obscurities, you know what I mean? I was just listening to a, 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 a Dilla mix. Came with the remix "The Stakes Is High," featuring Truth E No Lie. Exactly. Where is he now? No idea. He dropped a couple of those little twelve inches. Yeah. And then he just kind of, you know, skedaddled. Where is he? I guess is he's teaching kids somewhere in some capacity. That would be that would be you know, very honorable profession. Yeah. Either that. Or selling carpet. A different profession. Sorry, I was laughing at the randomness of my own statement. It was a good, you know, you went there. Went there. Some so, cats are out here selling these carpets. Sorry, Mr. E, no lie. Didn't mean to impugn your... Well, you know what? We got... Uh, let's see here. How do you spell truth, E, no lie? It was like Truth Enola. Like yeah, yeah. That was what it was. E-N-O-L-A. I just remember you listening to Stakes is High, and you had, they brought in these two new cats who were both dope. Truth Enola. Mm-hmm. And this dude, Most Def. This dude, Most Def. Was there anyone else that they brought in guesting on that album? Not really, right? No, well, Common was on, but Common, Common we already established. Zane was on, established. Yeah, yeah. 
I remember thinking both those cats were dope. Yeah. But I had no idea which one would blow up, which one wouldn't, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, at the time, you know, Daylight was pretty known for rolling with cats that mattered. Yeah. Um, we, we at the time were very much wondering what happened to Shorty No Mas, but. Yes, uh, yes. Everybody else pretty much hung around, but, you know, Lai kinda, kinda drifted. It was, it was an odd time for guests rolling with a uh, native tongue. Consequence never really, uh, was of much consequence. See what I did there? See how I did that? Ooh, ooh. Late in the evening. We need to tie things up, you know what I mean? You, like, 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 you know, like, like a nice, do you tie your shoes? Often. Often. Some cats don't tie their shoes. They just let that shit, you know, it's just, I can never get that down. Could you, could you get the style down where you just roll with the sneakers, but without lacing them? No, you gotta lace them. Well, I always suck, but some cats roll without the lace in them. Yeah. But see, this is important because we both are of the lace. We're people of the lace. We lace. So therefore, we look for ways to tie things up. Both our listeners know that lyrical renaissance is basically like the bedtime story. <laughs> it's up tucking in the podcast. It is. Lyrical Renaissance. You and know. The, 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 the few minutes after Lyrical Renaissance, things kind of tend to drift. Yeah, well, because with bedtime stories, the kid usually goes to sleep before you're done with the book. And you don't really have to think about it, right? You just walk out of the room. You just leave. <laughs> now on. Halfway through. <laughs> One of us could just leave. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. Cut her off. <laughs> well, you know, next time I'm reading the Lyrical Renaissance, you could just hang up. Yeah, or I'll start snoring. <laughs> what if we went the other direction? What if we, uh, what if, what if, what if we start heckling the person doing the Lyrical Renaissance? <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. Like halfway through the verse, like, really, you chose this? I, you know, this isn't as funny as you thought it was when you picked it. <laughs> you know, he, you're really disrespecting Sadat X right now. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet him tonight and tell him that you dissed him. You were making fun of his lyrics. Or, you know, you're aware of gangster that was in the room with you right now. <laughs> he sliced you in five different places. Smack you in the mouth. <laughs> Got real violent. Hey, I'm not, I, I just tell the stories again. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think though we can, we could tie it up with that. Yeah. Listeners, this is episode 41. Someone, right. someone wrote me. Hold on. I know it's done and maybe we can cut this off. But we get emails sometimes. We get mail. Okay. Matt Wub Young. Shout Hit out. Hit me up. Shout out. Looking for these lost episodes. Wow. Sorry to bother, but having trouble finding the following episodes. 30, 36, 39. Wow. 
I grabbed these, I grabbed most of the other ones off your site, but trying to find these three. Also having trouble locating one in ten. I think you've mentioned that before that these may be lost episodes. Much love. You got yourself a committed third listener here. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, shout out. Shout out. And uh, let's just say that there's just, you know, there are lost episodes. There are unreleased joints. Yep. They aren't going to be revealed. No. At least not, you know, by choice. No. If we get shook, shaken down by, you know, some gangsters. Gangster nip. Precisely. Hey, I'm coming up off them, them podcasts, but otherwise, no. Gangster nip shows up demanding these unreleased joints, unreleased podcasts. Yeah, he get them. <laughs> 